Did you know that the name Ebenezer is not just the name of a famous literary character from a certain Christmas play that we all know very well? In fact, it's the name of a set of stones in the Bible that the priest and prophet Samuel raised up as an altar to commemorate the faithfulness and provision of God. There's value in reflection. And in our culture, many people do that at the turning of the gear to look backwards, see where they've come from, to look forward, see where they're going. I would urge you to say with Samuel, Ebenezer, to this point, the Lord has helped us. And that can give us courage to face whatever lies ahead. Let's get into it. And thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United. When I heard of this story, all I knew about Ebenezer was the Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge. And then I figured some old people, maybe from the Civil War or something like that, might be named Ebenezer. But Ebenezer is actually a word that has a specific name. And it was basically the name of the memorial that Samuel set up to memorialize the victory that God had wrought. Built a memorial. Samuel takes time after a victory to reflect. If you've ever been a part of a business seminar anywhere or any shape or anyhow, if you've ever been part of leadership, they will always talk to you about after a potential failure or something that didn't go right that you need to do, they might call it a root cause analysis. They might call it a deeper dive. Brother Mark calls it a reflection point, a time to reflect and say, as a reflection point, basically, how could we have done that differently to get different results? Anybody ever heard of anything like that? Probably heard of that. Well, in Scripture, God makes it plain that we're also supposed to reflect on victories, that we're supposed to look back and see what the Lord has done. So, Martin, it's very important in your life when God does something for you not to just move past it and forget, but to remember it so that it can give you courage and hope for the future based on God's past faithfulness. I hope that from time to time you remember the day you were baptized in Agua in the Nombre de Jesus and your sins were taken away and it helps us. Has anybody ever received something good from God? Has God ever done anything for you? Yeah. This is what Samuel did. So much of life is filled with busyness, B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S, not business like commerce, but busyness. We don't take time to reflect. I got to tell you, I'm one of the world's worst, so I'm going to confess it. I don't want the Lord to strike me down here today. I need to pause and reflect more. We don't live life in the rearview mirror, but there's a reason that thing is there. There's a reason that we need to look behind us sometimes. For one thing, Psalm tells us in Psalm 23, David tells us that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Right. I'll submit to you that if you'll look back over your life, you will see the goodness and mercy of God Amen. in your rearview mirror. Amen. You'll look at some circumstances that were so difficult and so you didn't know how you were going to get to anywhere beyond that. And you look back and you see God's goodness and you see God's mercy. He spared you from further injury. And now his goodness is so great 
that he even brings the negative, the, the, the darker colors, the, the grayer colors. He brings them into your painting of your life as a master artist to highlight his themes. And even the ill that Satan brought against you or his imps or that people did against you, God can turn to good. Joseph said, you guys meant it for bad, but the Lord meant it for good to save many lives. So Samuel shows us how to avoid two mistakes. Number one is not reflecting. Some people are so busy making memories that they never make memorials. Don't live life through the viewfinder. In an Instagram world, don't always be looking for the perfect shot to post. Don't be so busy trying to chronicle your life, thinking you're some kind of amateur Ken Burns, that you turn into someone who doesn't make memorials to remember the important things. Right. It's, it, you know, and I've got a social media account. I'm not against participating in those things. What I do want to say is our culture is drunk on immediacy. Our culture, you know, buy it now, pay later. Or, you know, right now, you know, turn on. I don't care what the initials are. And I, you know, if you love MSNBC, may the Lord bless you. If you love CNN or FOX or you pick your initials, everything's a crisis. Because they got to keep you watching through the Tide commercials so they can make their $3 million salary to bring you back for the next seven-minute segment where they're going to explain everything that's wrong with the world in seven minutes. You know, and so we live in a culture of non-reflection. Everything's a crisis. Everything's about right now. Samuel set up a memorial. And not only did he remember, but he gave it the right name. I, I want to encourage you. It it's, I'll, just, I'll just say this. The Spirit encourages you that when you're naming an experience, Rebecca, choose wisely the name that you have for it. Through the lineage of Adam, each of us has the power to name things in this world. And what we name them is what they are. That's what Adam's power was in the garden. When if you know, He didn't say elephant because he didn't speak English. But whatever he named that animal, that's what its name was. Brother Mark, you don't get to name animals anymore. I guess you could. I'm going to call that a whatever. But you do get to name your experiences. When you look back on your past and you make a memorial, it's important how you frame it. And you need to frame it through two lenses. You need to look through the lens of God's goodness, and you need to look through the lens of God's mercy. Because when you're making memorials, you're making meaning. And it's important to baptize your conscience and your memory in the authority of God's goodness and mercy over your life. Here's what Samuel's memorial stone said. Ebenezer. It's just a funny name to me. It just tickles me. But the meaning of it is, in English, hitherto God has brought. Or thus far God has helped us. Or we've made it. There's an old song we used to sing. We've come this far by faith. We've come this far by faith. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm definitely not the best looking. I'm not the wealthiest. I don't have the most impressive physique. But I can stand here at this juncture in my life and I can tell you that there's a lot of goodness in my life. And there's a lot of mercy in my life. And yes, I've tried. I've tried. I've, I've worked hard. I've had discipline. And I, I've never, 
I don't know that I've just woke, awakened any day and said, I think I want to ruin my life today. I've had good intentions, but the reason that I've gotten this far in life, and believe me, I should be so far ahead spiritually and uh, in many, many ways, but the reason that I have any amount of blessing in my life and the reason that I have any amount of goodness in my life and the reason that I have anything of worth in my life is because the Lord has brought me this far. Does anybody share that testimony today that God has been good to you, that God has brought you this far? I'm not going to take you through my biography. I could. Some of you know some elements of it. If you want to, I will share some of them with you, not in morbid curiosity, but just to tell you that I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to have the blessings that I have and that there were many other plans that were laid for me by the enemy of my soul that have led me not to have a joyous testimony today. And so I have to pause and thank God because when I say through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. That's not just lyrics from John Newton. Those lyrics are written on my spirit and in my heart because the Lord has brought me far. And I say with Samuel, Ebenezer, my memorial says, it is God that's brought me this far. Not my education, not any bank account, not any understanding or wisdom, my own power, not my personal discipline, but the hand of the Lord has been on my life. And I look out across this room and I look at some stories and some biographies that I have happen to know a little bit about today and without blowing your cover or without compromising your confidentiality I want to assure this church that there is a great cloud of witnesses and testimonies sitting right here in this room of people that could say yes I'm an Ebenezer Stone as well God has brought me as the old spiritual used to say a mighty long way up to this point the Lord has helped us I love it's almost <laughs> there's almost a an unspoken snide remark, and up to this point, the Lord has helped us. How's your marriage? Up to this point, it's pretty good. It's almost got an unspoken joke in it. But I'll tell you this. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. But because Hebrews 13 and 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then, Brother Egan, it's no joke. When I say up to this point, the Lord has helped us, the reason why it's so important to make that memorial is if he's the same, he's going to keep helping us. And when we get to the end of 24 or 25 or however long this world stands, we can keep saying, Aaron, the Lord has brought us this far. And who knows how long he's going to lead us this year? Who knows what blessings we're going to have for our family? Who knows we're going to have blessings we'll have for our souls and our community and our church? But the Lord is going to continue to lead us. It wasn't easy. For those of you who have a concept that the kingdom of God is all milk and all honey, there's some briars and brambles in there too. The lamb was occupied with people that weren't that happy about Israel saying, we're the new landlords. The, the land had people living there that served other gods and had other ideas. You know, Israel walked in, we're going to have lots of kids. There was a tribe there that said, we'd like for you to meet Molech. And I won't go into all that because we have some underage children here. But the will of the people for children was not a godly and a good wish. It ended in death and destruction. There was a conflict of moral value. There was a conflict of human life value that was at stake here. And Israel, all, they didn't always handle it the way that they were supposed to. They didn't go undefeated. 
You ever heard that God is undefeated? His people are not. Okay? We don't have an undefeated record. They used to talk about these boxers. He's been in this match and this match, and he's 19-0 until he met Muhammad Ali. You know, some Christians are great until Monday. Right? They're undefeated on Sunday. But there are opponents that face us. If you've ever been knocked down to the mat, if you've ever not performed well, if you've ever lost your temper for any reason, or if you've ever made a stupid choice, or if you've ever not been attentive to the right things, if you've ever had the wrong priorities, if you've, never been, uh, if you've ever been not disciplined enough, or if you've been disciplined for the wrong things, I want to welcome you to the human race. But I also want to tell you that human foibles and frailties do not excuse you from the covenant promises of God if you will look to him in faith and you will look to him in faithful obedience and you'll say, Lord, if you've helped me to get this far, if you just help me to get further, I'll keep living for you and I'm asking you to help me to be what I want to be. It'd be a good time to just lift our hands right now and ask the Lord to do that. Lord, you brought me this far, but I have further to go. I'm asking you to help me, Lord. I'm asking you to help me, Lord, to be who I should be. Hey, we can go through 1 Samuel 4. They lost 4,000 men. They, they had a battle. Then they, they got mad about it. They brought down the Ark of the Covenant. They thought, we'll just get this box and that'll be everything because we're the, we're, the, we're the covenant people. In our terminology, we'd say, we're the Pentecostals. We're the, we're the ones that God loves. You know, we're, this, my church is the best. My pastor's the best. You know, I, I, you know, I, I even... Uh, I don't drink three-fifths of Jack Daniels on Saturday night. You know, I'm pretty clean. I'm, I'm a great guy. They brought out the ark, and they thought just because of who they were that they could trot out the box and everything would be okay. Right. But God doesn't subscribe to paganism. Mm -hmm. It's right. not a magic trick. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do over the next 21 days starting next week, if you think that you're going to fast and then God's going to check a box in heaven and say, okay, well, he... He didn't drink a Folgers Light this morning, so I'm going to give him $50,000. It doesn't work that way. This is not the prosperity gospel. We fast because we want to increase focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his joy and his peace in our families, our lives, our community, and our home. We don't, we don't walk before God, you know, that, that thing of, you know, send $50 and touch the TV and you'll get a new job. That doesn't, that's not how God operates. They brought out the box, and they were the people of the covenant, but they haven't been acting like covenant people. So don't think that your label is going to get you anywhere with God. It doesn't. What gets you somewhere with God is honesty and sincerity and faith and obedience and saying, Lord, I know that you helped me this far, and I need you to help me go further. That's what gets God's attention, right? Amen. So anyway, victory isn't always easy. And we have to be pure before God to expect him to fight our battles. It's interesting to, to me today. Brother Aaron, I ask you to say something. I can give you any thematic outline. But you brought up the same scripture that Brother Trimble's preaching today in, at Restoration Church, our sister church up there. Um, we're talking about fighting battles and being pure, and he's preaching the same theme, which is coming from my notes today. It just seems that the Lord has a theme that he's given to his people today. If we expect God to honor his end of the covenant, it is important that we honor our end of the covenant. It really is. Now, your performance is not going to be equal to, your, to his performance, okay? That's why Jesus came. 
was to stand in the place of fallen humanity. And, and he not only was God to us, he was humanity to divinity. He not only fulfilled the divine side of covenant and showed us what that looked like, he also stood in our place to, to show that, that the covenant had been restored. But you see, your performance is not going to be the same, but your intention needs to be this. Lord, I want to be a part of your people. And I want your will over my life. And I want your plan over my life. In the last seven to ten days, the Lord's been dealing with me about my own life. And you know, he just called me a little bit higher. I, maybe I'll think, because I get to be behind the microphone sometimes, that that never happens to any man. You know, maybe you think you're the only one. But our testimony for each one of us is God has brought us this far. But Brother England, there's further to go for each one of us. I think Brother Roy's been walking with the Lord about as long as anybody in this building. But if we brought Brother Roy up here, we put the truth serum to him, and we made him start talking, he'd say, I've got a little bit to go to. I don't see it, Brother Roy, because he's a pretty good guy. But the Lord reserves the right to move the goalposts. You pass a test, and he'll give you another, because sanctification is about becoming more Amen. and more and more like him. Brother Willie, you pass a test, the Lord's going to give you another one. He's going to help you become greater and greater and greater in his eyes until you are worthy to be in his presence because of the righteousness that he gives you. He's a great God, and he continues to work with us. When victory comes, we need to remember it because we don't always win. I would urge you this week to look back and remember what the Lord has brought you through. You can look back over your whole life, but, you know, Candace, if you want to do it this way, let's just take 2023 and let's look at some things that the Lord has brought you through. And you might want to, if you're a journaling person, you can do that. If you're a, a you know, you might want to text somebody and say, the Lord gave me a, the Lord did something for me in March and I had forgotten about it. You know, just kind of think about it. And I, I'll tell you what I did in preparation for this sermon. I actually went through the church's Instagram account. I'm embarrassed to say that. If I were some awesome pastor, I probably just would have, you know, tuned into the spirit and said, oh, Lord, what have you done? I just looked back at the pictures. And I just looked at some of the events that we had this year, and I had forgotten. I, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. But I had forgotten some of those memories that the Lord helped us to make together. And so today I'm going to make a memorial. And publicly I want to thank the Lord for some of these things. In January of this last year, we had a very successful three-week corporate fast. A lot of people made it all through the 21 days and participated. And, and we, we grew together as a church. The Wilkerson's came and ministered to us. Anybody remember the banjo? Phil remembers it. He's ready to say Ebenezer right now. And it was a wonderful time. There are family connections with the Wilkerson's that the Moser family has. I have a personal connection that goes way, 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 way back. Um, a long time ago, my family used to go to a church in Humboldt for the Wilkerson pastor for many years. And just their spirit and their contribution was wonderful. I'm not going to go through every service. I know y'all are my goodness. How many Ebenezer's we got? In February, we have Brother Stewart here. He's the, the promotions director for North American Missions. And he could have preached to any church in America he wanted to, but he chose to come here because he believes in what the Lord is doing in Arlington. It's a great time. We revealed our theme, This Good Work. 
uh, we had a wrinkled banner to show for it. In March, the Trimbles were with us, and Brother Thompson was with us, and we got to experience time with, with the Trimbles. The last time I preached this sermon was the year that Anthony died, and we got to bless the Trimbles, and they got to bless us. Here's a little memorial. Joshua, I don't know how, you, how much you know about how churches work or whatever, but somebody comes to speak, you're supposed to give them an honorarium. You're supposed to give them a little money. There's no set amount. They don't teach you that Bible school. But we gave Brother Tremble an amount, and I just want y'all to know as a church that he signed that check back over to us. He contributed the same amount to our church that we wanted to honor him with. I tell you that not to build up him as the great and mighty Tom. That's not the point. The point is we are associated with people who love the kingdom of God and want to give to the kingdom of God. That makes me very happy. Amen. That makes me very happy. Amen. Um, around April or May, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact dates, we started a hyphen class and a children's ministry. Phil, you like that hyphen class, don't you? Because of the hyphen class, Phil doesn't have to stand out when it's 20 degrees and wave a sign at y'all and says, I'm glad you're here. He gets to come in where it's warm, so Phil likes it. It's great. And Brother Mark has led that with excellence, and it's connected some of our young people together. We're thankful for that. That's been a, a highlight for me this year. The children's ministry. Our Christmas program this year, um, last year, we had two kids that sang in the Christmas program. Actually, two stood up here until Bennett ran off. And uh, Jude sang. Isaac was sick and couldn't be here. This year, we had 14 children to participate in our Christmas program. Ebenezer. <laughs> that made me so happy to see those children worshiping God. We had never had drama in our Christmas program, unless you count rehearsals when people are kind of trying to get through that. And Ray's laughing because he and Corey, they were the greatest shepherds I've ever seen. Man, those guys were awesome. And uh, Sister Nicole worked on the costumes. It was Eli's idea, a journey to Bethlehem. And so we had a whole new element. Now I realize it's not Broadway or off-Broadway. But it was glorifying to God, and people participated, and it was done with excellence. And I appreciate what the Lord did. One of my favorite events this year was a July cookout. It was hot as blazes. It was hot as blazes. We didn't lose anybody. We didn't have any men down or women down. But we got to fellowship together and enjoy a time uh, just to relax. It was wonderful. In October, we had a citywide Bible conference, the very first one that I'm aware of that Arlington's ever had. We didn't have it in the church. We had it at the bank because the bank likes us. We actually pay our bills and we make deposits because of your giving. This church, I'm going to tell you something, has a wonderful reputation in this town. Now, there may come a day when culture and truth separate so far that we don't have a good reputation in the community. But Peter said, if you're persecuted by people, don't let it be for bad behavior. Let it be because of Christ. And I'm thankful that right now our town likes us and they want to help us and because they see us as a contributor to the community. I'm thankful for that. I think it's awesome and I appreciate that. Each week we have around five to ten people throughout the year that have been involved in Bible studies in their homes. Uh, Brother Mark mentioned Jess and Rob are two of those people. We have many of those people that do that. Um, we had, we've already mentioned, many first-time guests this year. But the Lord has also added a number of families to our church. 
uh, there are multiple families that have made this their church home this year, and I'm thankful for that. We had nine people this year so far that have made a step of baptism. We had five that were baptized in water, and we've had four that were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, there were three that happened here. I need to tell you about another one because it just happened a few weeks ago. It didn't happen in our service. Her name is Dorothy. She's a West Cancer Center patient. And at her last visit, before this one, we prayed together, and she began to cry, and she began to weep. She lifted her hands, and she started praying more and more, and I talked to her a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how it comes in, and she asked the Lord to fill her, but in the clinic, it didn't happen. Now, we've had two people receive that blessing at the clinic, and thank God they did it quietly so I didn't get fired. But they received it at the clinic. This Dorothy lady did not receive it at the clinic, but I instructed her. I said, Dorothy, you go home and you read the book of Acts, and you pray for the Lord to do for you what he did for those people in the book of Acts. She came back about two weeks ago for her appointment. Again, if I were a great pastor, I would remember all that, and I would have been praying and fasting. All. Mark, I forgot about it. She was sitting in her visit, and I, she said, you know, that Acts is a long book. <laughs> and I said, and I said, I'm so dumb. I said, yeah, you're right, it's long. And? And she said, well, I was reading it, and I read it, and I was praying. She said, now, when you speak in tongues, do you ever black out? And I said, Dorothy, I usually don't. I can usually hear myself. She said, well, I got to pray it. And I started feeling real lightheaded and kind of woozy. But then I started saying some strange speech that I didn't understand. I said, Dorothy, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A light came on in her face. She just, she just said, that, that's it. And we rejoiced together. And Dorothy received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in her home. This stuff is for everybody. It's not just for the Pentecostals. It's not just for the Baptists. It's not just for the Catholics. It's for everybody in this world to receive. The Holy Spirit wants to be on all flesh. So the Lord has done great things for us. And I close. We've had some significant personal milestones. Aaron graduated from college this year. Proud of him. Jeffrey graduated from MBA school. Evan graduated from college this year. J.M. Morgan got married this year. Kelly and Ann, I hope y'all are still on Zoom. Praise God! Kelly and Ann today are celebrating 35 years of being together. That is worth celebrating. Amen. I'm sincere as I can be right here. Anniversary celebrations are not just old hat to me. In our culture, we need to celebrate marriage, and we need to celebrate people who stay together. And in this church, it will always be a priority that we celebrate people who keep their covenant promises to each other because this world is so uh, not in tune with that. Uh, my wife published a book this year, and it's a great book. She sold out the first printing. She's due to sell out the second printing. It's on Amazon and Kindle, and I just kind of think it's cool. I like to look at it and see it, that it's on Amazon. I just think it's cool. And I rejoice that while she was raising kids and all that kind of stuff, through your guys' prayer for our family, the Lord has blessed our family this year. And the Lord has done great things for us. Would you stand with me? I stand with Samuel today. Here's what I say. Up to this point, 
the Lord has helped us. Brother Mike, Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Why say it? Ebenezer. Sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? It's kind of funny. But the word means this far, God's helped us. Just like the song said, this far, we've come by faith. Some of y'all are real nice looking. You didn't get here by your looks. Some of y'all are pretty smart. You didn't get here by your intellect. Some of you are very hardworking, but you didn't get here solely by your discipline. We've gotten this far because God has helped us. God has helped us. Although we look backwards, we don't live backwards. The same God that brought us this far will take us on through today and into the future with him. Philippians 1 and 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you ever lack confidence in yourself, I would urge you to look up. The master architect has begun a good work in you. And if you will stay with him, he will complete it. And he will bring it to fruition. And he never, ever walks off the job site. He always completes what he starts. So unless you fire him, he's going to be here. And he's going to help you to reach perfection in him. We'll talk about this more next week. But I just want to mention it to you very briefly. There are three areas of focus that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me to communicate to you as a pastor. That if you are a member of this church, now if you're a guest today, this may apply to you. But for AU members, these are three things that we need to focus on. Number one, we need to increase our personal commitment to the Lord. I'm asking every person in this congregation, I don't care if you just received the Holy Spirit or you just joined us or if you've been walking with God many years. I'm asking for every person to pray about how you can level up in your commitment to Jesus. We'll be talking more about that and what that means. Secondly, I want us to increase our communal fellowship with the Word. I want us to read the Bible more. I want us to talk about it more. We can text about it. Our Thursday night, if you can't make it, a Zoom opportunity is there for you. I want us to gather around the Word of God more. I can preach as good as I can preach, and at this point, unless the Lord really helps, it's probably not going to get a whole lot better. This is kind of what you got. But if you forget it by Tuesday, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. We need some way to keep the Word fresh in our minds and our spirits and our hearts. I don't have all those answers, but I'm telling you the Lord wants us to commune with the Word together this year, and we're going to work on that. Okay, Personal commitment, fellowship of the Word. And then finally, daily discipleship. How can you share the gospel and the fruit of the Spirit with somebody every day? It doesn't mean you've got to teach them a 10 lesson Bible study in one hour. It doesn't mean that you've got to lay hands on them and see them recover, although it could mean those things. But it does mean, Alexander, that every person you encounter ought to see joy. They ought to see peace. They ought to see love. They ought to see self-control. Because those are a fruit, a product of the Spirit that inhabits you. And so everybody ought to be able to see those things. Personal commitment, fellowship with the Word, and daily discipleship. 
We're going to talk about those things a little bit more next week, but I'm just putting those there for you. I think it would be appropriate, and I know we don't have piano music right now, but I think it would be appropriate for us all to just, if you're willing, if you're willing, I'd like you to gather at the front, and here's what I want you to do. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do before I ask you to come down. I want you to just take a moment and reflect on some of the goodness that God has put in your life, some of the things that he's brought you through, some of the good memories from this year. And then, if you're willing, I want you to ask and make a commitment that this upcoming year, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go further with the Lord. Will you stand at an altar of memorial that's marked Ebenezer? Would you testify to your own spirit and to those around you? Will you declare before heaven that God has been faithful to you and he's brought you this far? If you're willing to do that, to make that faith statement, then I assure you, friend, that you have enough faith to believe that God can continue to assist you today and tomorrow, that he will help you to accomplish that that he has purposed for your life, and he will be a blessing to those around you through his power of the Holy Spirit that works within you. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United.